we have to be intentional about stuff like that. Um, We just have to be because of the way that we look. And because, like we said before, those echoes of the past and, and the struggle with the ego like cause people to bring poisonous or toxic things from the past and they, they wear over generation to generation. And I want to be able to stop that in my own little way in my family. I know that other people may not have the opportunity. And so we have issues like those prejudices or those um, stereotypes that, that can harm us. And we have to be, we have to consciously navigate that in, in our daily lives. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I'm your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we're reclaiming the narrative of fatherhood, one story at a time. You can follow the journey on Instagram at Therapy for Dads and our website, www.therapyfordads.com. Welcome. prepping and so what how does that affect you how does it impact you as a dad as a you know as a black man as a dad or you know however you want to answer that but how does that affect you um it really means that i have to have a lot more emotional reserve Hmm. when i leave my home i can't do anything without purpose um it doesn't just affect me it affects like the whole entire family Hmm. but in the way that it affects me is like i'm leaving the house there's certain things that are immensely frustrating to me that like, like I'll go up to a counter to return something and I won't be trusted Mm. and I'll be looked at as like suspected. Hey, where's this? Oh, we don't take that. That's not the right form of ID. I'm like, this person just returned something with that. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. No problem. Hmm. All right. And I have to like, it's basically I'm moving through, I'm navigating my day looking for a person that may be gracious and nor enough to give me a normal interaction. Yeah. And um and most of the time, like I get to kind of stay away from that stuff. You go to a drive-thru, you don't have to go inside. We do Walmart pickup, so I don't have to go inside the store, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. But um, yeah, it does wear it wears on me because there's things like I can't be angry. Mm-hmm. I, I can't afford to be angry. There's things that have is are immensely frustrating. But I'm too big and dangerous looking to be openly frustrated, to throw down and be like, I need to talk to the manager, such and such and such. Like, so I have to be okay with getting uh, getting a short end of the stick in a lot of instances or having to defer to my wife who can go ahead and make those returns with no issues, with no idea, without without those things. And so we kind of navigate this uh, this bit of ballet between me and her, where I have to disclose a lot. Most, I'd say most relationships, there's not as much disclosure of internalized feelings as there is in my marriage. Like I have to, like one day my wife, um, it was after the whole George Floyd um, mm-hmm. thing had really come onto the scene. Yeah. And, um, and it was really affecting me because I was dealing with the loss of a friend that passed away a year before under some similar circumstances. 
And he was a, an army vet. And that was really, like, it really was getting into, like, my sense of self-worth and mm-hmm. me just how much do I want to be here kind of thing. And um, and my wife, she was doing something, and she stops. She turns off the news, and she looks at me. And she goes, when you, when you leave the house, like, do you feel, are you scared? Like, do you feel like that? Because somebody had mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And I said, every moment, mm-hmm. every day that I leave the house, I'm afraid that somebody's going to look at me and think that I'm going to hurt them because I look the, because I might be upset about something and they think that it's directed toward them. So they think I'm a threat and they could put me down. And so I walk around all day and I smile and it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter that my dad's struggling with cancer. It doesn't matter that my check was short. It doesn't matter that, you know, uh, somebody cut me off. I go, I go out and I have to smile because I don't want to be the threat. And, um, and it really hit her hard. But because of that, we have a lot of disclosure between us on these feelings. There was one moment even this year that really, really hit really hard. Um, we were in an area that was off the beaten path, to say the least. Like mm. It was very, very off the beaten path. But she had a need, and I needed to go ahead and uh, go to run to the store and get it for her. Mm-hmm. And I knew what that meant. I knew that that was not... I knew that it could be dangerous. So I jump in the car, but I'm like, I psych myself up. I'm like, it's going to be okay. And I'm, I'm driving in the car and she calls me and I'm like, I'm about two miles away from her by this time. And she calls me and I'll pick up the phone and she's in tears on the phone. And I'm like, what's wrong? What happened? She's like, come back here right now. And mm-hmm. so I turn the car around and I drive back down the dirt road to two miles and I come and I see her and she's like running towards the car and she gets in the car she was like, I realized that I sent you away Mm. at night and this was not a safe place. And I don't know what I would do if something had happened to you. And the probability in that area is higher than most. Mm. (laughs) And so she was like, she just held my hand and I had tears down my face that my wife has to think about me being Mm. safe when I leave the house or leave a place at nighttime. And I'm looking at it and she's crying because she's like, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just thinking about you going to the store and picking up something for me. And I don't, and I'm not thinking, Hey, that, that could be dangerous for you. And it's not us really getting super duper caught up in our feelings, but I've experienced it plenty of times just Mm. growing up, like coming home from church, get pulled over and everybody has their hands on this, the car ceiling Mm-hmm. And there's like three officers around with weapons on it, and we're smiling and making jokes mm-hmm. while they're pointing their weapons at us. And we're like, that's where a lot of my quick wit, like I have a dry sense of humor, but mm-hmm. pretty much all of my friends from that generation that knew each other then, in a place where we are really, really scared, we will be sarcastically funny mm-hmm. to break the ice to make the officer know, hey, these guys aren't trying to pull a fast one. They just, yeah, we just coming from church, officer. So I just we're super duper polite and everything like me being able to disclose those experiences with my wife mm. and just her seeing how the world is today is so it's a it was a very powerful moment of a sobering moment of knowing, you know, you could love that person with all the love in your heart. You can look at them as a human, as the best, the biggest, brightest thing in the world. And I can have 11 million fans that love me mm. and know who I am. But there could be one person that doesn't know. And I'm apparently in a place where where I'm not welcome. And that's it for me. Hmm. 
And then what are my kids to do? Like, you know, yeah. all those things. It, t- it takes a, a lot of a mental toll on me, but in a way that it's evident in the things that I do. Like I put out the content that I put because if anything were to happen, oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> um, if, if anything were to happen to me, like I have these echoes of my love for mm-hmm. my kids and these echoes of my character that are out there for everybody mm-hmm. to see. And if something happens that I weren't weren't able to be there, um, mm-hmm. that that could like make my kids know that I love them and I was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we're going to talk about Chinese food next? Yeah, Chinese food, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Lo mein. I need some lo mein in here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's it's a uh, it's funny, um, but I think that the fragility of of this journey really helps me to know how rich I want it to be when I'm here. I want to be present. I yeah. want to do my best. I want to I want to give them the most excellent experience. And yeah, maybe that might put a little bit extra pressure on me or on us as we do what we do, but um. But I know in just a, in a blink, for any trivial reason, it, it could go. Yeah. And um. And I want them to know, like, there's things that are that are foundational, that are stronger than hate, that are stronger than somebody's prejudice, yeah. that outlast all of that. And I want those principles to be instilled in them, mm-hmm. not in a way that I'm instilling it by being overbearing or overpowerful on them but I want to instill it by exuding grace. And then a lot of times it's, it's funny that we get faced with prejudices and like you can see in the comment sections a lot of times. And I just try to say, you know, I could be rude and I could fight fire with fire, or I could show my kids something different yeah. and I could do, do it with grace. And a lot of time, my oldest, my oldest child, she's very conscious of a lot of this stuff because there comes a time where she has to become aware, hey, the world is a little treating me a little bit different because of the way I look. And um and we come into this thing where she's like, man, how why did you say this back to this person after they said something so nasty to you? Yeah. And said, because nastiness isn't isn't a part of my character and it's not a part of my character that I want to cultivate. Yeah. So I want to cultivate grace. And as unnatural as it is to respond to somebody saying something hurtful with saying something kind, like, thank you for taking the time to write that message. Um, I don't believe what you believe. To be as thoughtful as that, I think it strengthens our own inner resolve to be better and to leave a more positive or a more excellent echo for our next generation. Mm. And I would be hopeful that it will affect quite a few more people than the hate does. And Mm. the next generations down, some of the stuff that we have to deal with now Maybe maybe they don't have to deal with that anymore. So yeah, that's well, a great man. hope. Yeah, that's a great hope. Oh man, it takes. Uh, I mean, the amount of strength 
courage, bravery, patience that you have to take all that in and to say, okay, yes, I could respond and could easily respond in giving it back, yeah. but that's not what I want to pass down to my children and the people around yeah. me. And and you mentioned something in two questions, and we'll kind of this will kind of come to the, the conclusion of the episode. But the two questions: one is is that a big motivation of the TikTok? And and so those that don't know, um, might as well introduce it. Jason has a significant following on TikTok. Um, you know, and, and it is what it is, but I think there's, we're yeah. hearing the heart of who Jason is. And that's, I didn't want to talk about that at the beginning of the show because I want people to hear yeah. a, just a dad, a dad who's going through yeah. stuff. Cause that TikTok, you know, it is what it is. Right. But that's not the yeah. heart. The heart is I want to change the echoes, you know, raising adopted kids, dealing with the stuff you're going through and, and having a, yeah. and thankfully having a partner who is so on your team and creating yeah. this kind of this, this legacy. And, and you kind of alluded to a big thing you do on TikTok is kind of putting this out there of who you are. So is that a big, is that part of it? Like I'm trying to pro- yeah. show this side of me. Yeah. And, uh, and in this journey, it's a lot of feeling lonely. It's a lot of aloneness mm. and I want to combat that. I don't want, another person to feel alone. I don't want another person to feel lost mm-hmm. in all the stuff that's going around them. And, um, and so with TikTok, me and my wife, like we really looked at it and said, Hey, we can do something that changes the landscape for a lot of people. And this can help our family and help us tell our story to yeah. so many others that might feel like they're the only ones that's going through this. Yeah. And, um, and it's so much things, issues that we get to tackle. Like, um, one of the first things was we did a, a Q&A one night where people were just asking, how come your daughter looks like this? How come you're this? What is this? And we started telling the story of how our family came together. Mm. And it blew a lot of people's minds to the point that a girl pulled me over in the school and she goes, hey, Mr. Jason, can I, can I tell you something? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. She's like, I lived in many different houses during the last five years. It was like a lot, like more homes than years. And mm-hmm. I was like, are you you guys moving around because you're military? She's like, no, I'm a foster kid mm-hmm. and I'm just about to get adopted. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool that your kids are foster kids and adopted too. Mm-hmm. And they're just like me mm-hmm. and I'm just like them. And she looked up and she smiled and she's one of the kids that you'll see they come through the doors and you're like, oh, they're well put together. They come yeah. out of a nice car and everything. Yeah. Oh, them, everything was it's not all sweet. Like we never know what people are dealing with. You don't. And if, if our talk. content, yeah, not until you talk to them. And so that, that being able to be vulnerable mm. and sharing those things, let so many people know that they weren't alone and they mm. didn't have to suffer in the silence of exclusivity. Like they're mm. exclusive in this situation. You're not. And Somebody else is there feeling for you. Somebody else is there feeling with you. And a lot of my content, the ones that get really, really popular, is not the ones that make you laugh so much. It's the ones that make you sit and think about the frailty and the fragility of all of it mm. and how much more we should make it mean. Yeah. Like like things that my daughter has said to me as we go through the whole pandemic thing where she's like, she she said this to me not even that long ago because we had to we had to bury a friend of ours that was the kids that she was their um their nana their surrogate grandmother so mm-hmm. to speak because we didn't our our my wife's parents weren't around at that point in uh in the foster care and adoption phase 
And so this person stepped up and they were there. And unfortunately, they succumbed to COVID. They were older and they passed away, which was very, very sad. And we were there sitting down and watching cartoons, me and Lillian. And she hugs me. She goes, Dad, I'm never going to forget you, even if you die. And I'm like, what six-year-old looks at their parent and just says that? But it's, death is such a reality yeah. because it's been numbers and all of this projection. And you try to, sh- I don't watch news in the house. I try to shield the kids from it. But then it came to our doorstep and somebody that they love and admire and cherish and yeah. they cherish them and they passed away. And we have to tell them why and all this stuff, why we have these masks, why we're getting vaccinated, like why all of those things are happening. And so the subject of death, like, has to come in and we have to address it but like as we do that and we put out the content that kind of reflects those statements those little things and then the songs that kind of echo the atmosphere of those moments um it allows people to really connect and a lot of times like i put out something and the people will just be like in the comment section i miss my dad i miss my dad i miss my dad and i'm sitting there and it's sad because they don't have their dad with them and it makes me want to cry but then i'm also i think about that statement that was in i'm trying to remember what movie it was a marvel movie between vision and wanda and he uh she was talking about how she lost her brother and she was so mad and she wished she didn't feel this way and he says he looks at her he says what is grief but love persevering Hmm. and it's persevering through the fact that you can't physically be in the same place, but you still love that person. And I'm looking at all these people grieving in the comments, but it's love. It's love mm-hmm. persevering because their dad had such an impact on them that mm-hmm. even though they're no longer there, these people are adults and kids, various stages of development. And they can see that their parent had that much of an impact on them, that this video that I put out connected them back to that moment the Mm -hmm. moments that they cherish the most and those are the things that like i think i value those a lot about being able to do the content that we do on tiktok and to make those connections with people worldwide because it's meaningful and it's another way to let somebody that maybe they lost not be forgotten yeah and allow that person to come through and maybe i'm helping that person's echo come through all the loneliness that a lot of people have been feeling through this pandemic and maybe they felt together as everybody felt the same yeah. same thing in that moment yeah. and maybe we weren't as alone as we thought we were yeah what a legacy and what a motivation right it's really an outpouring of your soul your heart you know yeah. your your why and 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 you know just i'm going to i'm going to plug it obviously in in the in the show notes of your TikTok and Instagram yeah. account and just just to say it out loud it's it's dad life jason for both correct yes yeah. dad at dad life jason at for dad both life jason yeah instagram at tiktok and tiktok i think is it yeah. 11 million now 11 million 11.1 million and uh so not too growing. many yeah, yeah many. <laughs> it's uh, so. yeah but the purpose it's of the show a, is I wanted people to hear Jason and the story, not not the eleven, you know, not not that because yeah, you tell me if this fits. That in the end is just a number. It is. It's a number, and it means something different to me than than uh than what it means to a lot of people. To a lot of people, the number means clout, mm-hmm. influence, and all that. It means there's a lot of lives that felt alone, 
mm-hmm. and they don't have to feel alone anymore because they mm-hmm. feel a part of something. Yeah. Um, the thing with Instagram that like TikTok with all those followers, it's really, it's impossible to try to keep up with the um, direct messages or anything like that. It, it can't happen. It's insane. But I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Do you um, need like a probably a whole like team, like a team of you know people, like a whole school building. to do it for? Yeah, you know, building yeah, to probably respond to everything. One one video could just do do you in. You would never be able to keep up. And then like I go, one of the things that's like really showed me or reverberated the the power of of TikTok and the messages that we were able to put out and to share is. I go and I open up my inbox and I see letters that people have given and written. And it says, this night was the night that I was going to end it all. And Mm. I saw a video of you singing to your daughter, a Billie Eilish song, Ocean Eyes. I felt like you were holding me in the video. And I started watching the rest of your videos and I made it to the next day. Mm. And it made me really think about like, this is somebody's whole life. And I'm not necessarily responsible for that person or anything, but I'm responsible for the message that I put out. Mm -hmm. And if that stopped somebody from making it, you know, if that stops from somebody from taking themselves out of existence, that's something good. And I'm talking, I've gotten hundreds, hundreds Mm -hmm. of those letters and I'll just sit there and if I get some time to myself, I sit there and I read them and cry. But the cool thing is I don't have to do that alone because it's heavy. And I get to take it to, to my wife yep. and just we get to bear that together. Yeah. And so just going through it, it's it's sad that yeah. somebody felt like they didn't want to be here anymore. But mm-hmm. then you get to the middle of it and they're like, they start to tell you the things that they like to do. And it's like, okay. Okay, we made it over the hump. And and so me and my wife rejoice over things like yeah. that because um, mm-hmm. it means a lot to, yeah. to be able to have that type of impact. And I'm just I'm grateful for for what that means to so many other people and yeah. what, what it means to us and the significance of it. And we hope to be able to maybe our story can reach more people. So mm-hmm. all those different facets of it, whether it's the adoption, whether it's the fatherhood, or whether it's just just the personhood of making it from one day to the next through all the pressures of life, yeah. that you matter, that yeah. you you matter, you yeah. you do matter. You have significance. You have intrinsic value to this world. Just make it to the next day. Just go mm-hmm. one day at a time, and you're important. And just to be able to see that, that's what that means. Those big numbers, um, they mean a lot of things to different people. But man, that always brings me back and forth between those two platforms. I'm like, I never in a million years thought that I was significant Mm -hmm. at all. I was introverted and very pessimistic about anything that was going to happen in my life. Mm -hmm. And this is something that... I was even scared that I was not going to, I wasn't going to be able to teach my kids how to dream because I had been so pessimistic for so long. But then for whatever you believe the universe or God or whatever you believe, like I was given the most optimistic person (laughs) in the known universe. And she really, she saved my life and she broke Mm -hmm. me out of that and got me to a place where I'm able to dream and to share yeah. dreams and to share love in this way. And uh, I'm extremely grateful for hmm. 
for this disability and this this opportunity to to be able to share like this. Yeah, man. I and I appreciate you talking and sharing. I mean, I think I, I saw some of your TikTok ones and reached out on Insta and I was like, I'll just reach out to him. I've gotten in the habit of reaching out to dads and saying, Hey, do you want to talk? I'd yeah. love to talk to you about dad life. And you and you know, you got back. I was like, Oh, cool. And then we start talking. And so it's it's been, you know, what a wonderful we've had a few conversations and and yeah. now we we communicate through outside of those platforms and it's been such it's been really cool just for you to even share some of your stuff with me throughout the past few months and you know i've appreciated our, our conversations that we have had together even outside of yeah. this and 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 but this it's been rich to hear more of your story and more of the stuff that you face and and so i think with that my final question to to close up the show i'd love you know maybe a, a, a practical like two three ways Practically, what what does Jason do as a dad, as a man? How do you take care of your mental health to yeah. deal with all the pressure of like being a dad? Just that's pressure, yeah. you know. That's 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 a lot of work being a parent, being an adoptive parent. And then you got yeah. then you got on top of that the other layer of being, you know, you know, black dad to a white girl, and then all that yeah. that pressure and dealing with that, and and you have all these layers. So how do you manage that? What do you do? One of the first things that I, I learned that's been the most helpful to me, I, I guess, is at first my thing is to clam up. And this is the lie that our brain tells everybody that, you know, struggling with depression or, and feeling alienated. Nobody wants to hear me. Nobody wants to hear my my problems. Yeah. And, um, and it's a lie. There's mm-hmm. somebody there that wants to hear it. Somebody there for you that wants to hear you out. And to come to that place where I know that person's my wife initially that's mm. my she lives with me so i get to like go to her <laughs> <laughs> so i uh, like the fact that i can go to her and she could come mm. to me and i can go to her and say babe i'm really struggling right now you, you got a second to just hear me out and she will shut the whole world down to put me we'll get on the bed and we'll kick our feet up and we'll sit there and we have those hard talks and we have those I'm feeling like this and I feel like it's irrational and I don't know how to shake it. And she'll just encourage me out of it. Like, of course I have this whole thing with uh, money, anxiety or whatever, because of my upbringing and to be able to be honest and say, Hey, sometimes I struggle with the way I think about money and the earnings and everything. And she'll take me to the side and she goes, okay, everything's going to be okay. Hmm. We're going to be great. This is going to happen. We got this budget. We're doing fine. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay. And it's very therapeutic. Hmm. But the the last thing that uh that we do is is my favorite. It's one of my favorite things. And she goes, Hey babe, you want to dream? And I'm like, Yeah. And I'll be in the middle of making a TikTok. I'll drop the phone, camera, whatever, and I'll run. And she'll she, we have two places. We have like one of these little Tove couches that we have. It's like this blue velvet thing. Hmm. And the room is like really bright and her hmm. cricket stuff is in there. It's a room of creativity, really. Oh. And we have a, a big canvas pictures of our children on the wall. And um, and she goes, come sit right here. Okay. So, and she'll ask me questions like, "If w- what car would you like to get? Like, and she'll ask me these cool little questions. And she's like, where, what? What would you like to go? What talk show would you like to do? And we'll have all these little cool conversations and you just forget about all the concerns and everything. And you get to let your spirit just breathe Mm -hmm. in the area of creativity and just to be able to dream and stuff and to have somebody 
that encourages you encourages yeah. you to dream. Man, it takes a lot of the weight off. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have stresses that happen in a day. But if you get a chance to take a breather and it kind of opens up your brain, you can find solutions to things that you are going to face during that day a lot better than if you just continue to get compacted and compressed Hmm. into all of this. And the last thing is, as we move around in the world, look at a person and try to see them in a way that's graceful gracious in a way that you look at a person and they could be the doing or saying the most despicable thing or have the most despicable bumper sticker. But I want to put myself in a mental state that when I see them, I see them as their kid self. Like mm-hmm. it's a weird thing, but I look at them and I try to see them as their mm-hmm. kid self before the world got to them. Oh, and that man. person's still in there. Yeah. That kid's still in there. The dreams that that kid had, they're still there. That's a lot of the frustration. And I try to have grace in that. They say to people that go to psychology uh, courses or become psychologists, you get to a place where you can't be mad at everybody or at anybody because you know why. <laughs> you know why they're behaving. You know the reason and the why yeah. beyond the behavior. Yeah. And so because yeah. you know the system, you're like, okay, I can't re- respond in my primal way. And that has given me a lot of freedom. Mm. to not have to walk through all of my altercations and go, why can't they just do this? Why can't I'm just like, they probably didn't get a hug. They probably didn't Mm. do this. This is the reason they have, yep. There that's personality disassociative. Like I know, like I can see these stuff and I'm like, I feel compassion Mm. towards those people. And I've I've learned a lot of that because I used to be such a pessimist pessimist. I've learned a lot of that compassionate, outreach a compassionate mindset from my wife yeah. who is the biggest optimist in the world to a point that I thought it was scary but I've learned a lot from it and that helps me to maintain a, a certain weightlessness in the midst of all that I have to navigate I can do it gracefully mm. I can walk away from what really doesn't matter and after all of the tension that happens when I get inside the car or get inside the house and I uncoil. I'm not uncoiling my yuck from the day onto my kids. I'm uncoiling some of this grace that I have. And if I don't have enough reserve, my wife knows that she can bail me out and give me a little Mm -hmm. bit of a timeout that I can go to the bathroom and just like gather myself and come back in. And and I think it's it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I'm still here. Yeah. I I love the balance of you face you're able to be completely vulnerable and raw with your wife like like just to be open and yeah. knowing that it's safe to, to to be heard to be seen to be validated and for someone yeah. to see you yeah. and then you got this complete opposite of this kind of really healthy beautiful the dream room like you just get mm-hmm. to dream so it's it's going from i can be completely vulnerable and open and known and raw and i'm loved and yeah. I'll, I could go and dream like a kid, yeah. which then yeah. leads you into that third thing is really seeing that child in all of us is that yeah. empathy of saying, I can get mad and some stuff is I'm allowed to have anger because yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And I'm also choosing with that anger, I'm choosing to see past their behavior and say, how can I have this empathy, compassion for them? And then mm-hmm. how do I give it to my kids? Man, talk about just, I mean, beyond balance. I mean, that's just beautifully yeah. said. and. 
I'm sure it takes a ton of intentionality and that's why I love these different pieces. And then even your wife gives you a timeout and said, go collect yourself. I mean, it really does sound like you said it at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you really praised her and I could see why yeah. she sounds like a, just a wonderful partner, uh, yeah. very in tune with you, very empathetic, understanding and supportive and what a wonderful person to have in this life yeah. alongside you. So yeah, I mean, it, props to patience. Uh, yeah. I just, at least that's the least thing I could say. I mean, beyond props, yeah, I mean, this is like, I, it's a it's a it's a cool thing to to be in a place where you can be with somebody and it, and it's humbling, and you both know that yeah, there's humanity. Everybody's got their flaws. We both have our hiccups. I guarantee you. You keep a camera on us long enough, you're gonna see see a hiccup well, here yep. and there. We already talked about our hiccups. Yeah. We did earlier yeah. on being dads. We all yeah. it's not about perfection, right? It's yeah, what we exactly. do when we make it's, the mistake. How do we repair, it's, right? It's definitely yeah. like it's so cool to know that you can make a mistake yeah. and then there's a room that you can fix it mm. and things can be better. And uh and that is priceless. Yeah, priceless. And what's the one quick one? What's the one thing you want your kids to know above all else? Love each other. I want what does that what does that mean to love? I'm gonna challenge you for that. What does it mean to love? To love is to see the best in a person, to not imagine that their intentions are the worst, but to see the good in their actions, Hmm. to have grace towards those that don't seem to operate in grace. And to know that it's okay to take time away for yourself to work through your your emotions, to work through your issues. It's okay to take time and say, I can't pour out to you. I, I need time to fix this because a lot of times kids of, of adopting, adoptee or ado- adopting parents, um, they see our outreach and they see how we go out and we pour out ourselves. And so we do need to teach our kids because they do inherit the outpouring, I guess, the just the generosity. But I want them to have the generosity towards themselves because I need them to, mm-hmm. to be around. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to burn out on life. And so I want them to know, hey, you, if you don't have a partner or whatever with you, it's okay for you to go ahead and put a a bookmark in life and take a little time away and, uh, and heal and do that. And that's, that's love saying, no, Mm. I need a moment is love. Mm. Well said. I love it. And Jason, I appreciate our relationship that has begun to blossom and, and, and develop over the course of the past few months. And yeah, I appreciate our conversation tonight and I really hope that people will be blessed by this um, conversation and I'm going to link for everyone listening. I'm going to link the, in the show notes to, to Jason's Instagram and TikTok. Please go follow it. I, you will, it's a wonderful thing. It brightens my day. You know, I, I get to see it and it's a, it's a sweet moment and it's amazing what happens when you get to one, I get to know more about the heart behind it and I know that and now I see it. So blessings to you and your family tonight. And I can't wait to have another conversation, Jason. Dad, I need no, you hi. to know your head. Speaking <laughs> of. <laughs> what, do you want what? Take off your headphones. Take off my headphones? She's demanding my time now. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful <laughs> night, man. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough. 
but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone. <laughs>